This is Convo by Design, and on today's episode, you are going to hear from an incredibly talented Charlotte-based creative who started as an architect and transitioned to designer. <laughs> Ashley DeLapp is not the first creative I've spoken with that went the design route from other endeavors. And there have been a few you've heard from in the past that started as architects as well. Ashley holds a BA in architecture from the University of North Carolina. And after spending 10 years as an architect, opened her own design firm in uh, 2009. Ashley's work is theatrical. It's bold. And one of the things that you will hear as we explore her work is both this scientific approach to space and space management combined with an absolutely fearless use of color and materials. Now, keep in mind that with application of bold comes the more often than not sales approach to the client. Selling these bold ideas must be easier when there's a heavy attention to detail in space management and using a space to let the work breathe. These are just a few observations, and you will hear more, I promise. As a matter of fact, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know about the deep dives we take with designers together. And in this episode of the show, it is no different. We go deep. So make sure you check the show notes for a link to Ashley's projects. And then you can follow along, provided you're not driving. Let's be safe, right? So let's get into it. You are going to hear from Ashley DeLapp right after this. I am incredibly proud of Convo by Design in year 10, and I'm equally proud of my partnership with Thermosol. They've been presenting partners of Convo by Design for three years now, and there is a certain amount of pride that comes with saying that the show is presented by the company that is the best in the world at what they do. Thermosol engineers the most exceptional smart shower products and steam shower systems worldwide for a few reasons. They were the first company to design patent the technology here in the U.S. dating back to 1958. Thermosol, a U.S. brand, a U.S. manufacturer in Round Rock, Texas, employs an engineering team that designs, tests, and continuously refines the product. Their quality control team tests every single steam generator before it departs the factory. Who else does that? Nobody. I have had the pleasure of working with some world-class designers and architects who tell me and you probably know this, that the idea of luxury has changed and continues to change, especially when clients want a spa-like bathroom. Steam is mandatory. Or it's just not considered a, a, a luxury space. And if you want to add steam, you have one true option. It's Thermosol. And now, Thermosol, the industry leader in steam, bath equipment, and technology since 1958, is enhancing their already stellar family of products with new indoor and outdoor luxury saunas. Available in three design configurations, each sauna is handcrafted from clear western red cedar or Nordic spruce, inspired by the brilliance of northern European sauna technology and design. A luxury bathroom isn't luxury without steam. If you want luxury, you have one option. It's Thermosol. Check them out at thermosol.com and at thermosol on the socials. So I do love that. This is your very first podcast. Congratulations. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be nice. I'm always nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, interesting, though. Why do you think it took so long for you to, uh, to jump on as a guest on a podcast? We've been, we've been doing this a little while. I know. I don't know. Um, I don't know if it was just... 
me being too nervous or um, I, I don't know. I just haven't ventured into the podcast world yet. Do you, how do you feel about media? Do you get, do you get nervous promoting yourself? Very. Really? I'm worse at social media. Mm -hmm. I get very nervous and um, self-conscious. Isn't that interesting? Cause you're, you're a creator. You're a creative. You're, you're an artist. You're an artisan. You're a, a designer. You're, you're supposed to be out there saying, Hey, look at me. And by the way, you know what I think is also amazing. And I would totally want to get to this. You are unapologetically like color patterns. <laughs> check me out. I, I, I think that's interesting. Yeah. I'm a total introvert. So it's, okay. um, I think that plays a big part of it. Okay. I get that. Um, how does that come across with, with your clients? Do you, are you nervous when you meet your clients or is that, is that just like a, a different switch is flipped? A different switch is flipped. It's, yeah. it's so crazy. When I meet people, I have no problem um, with clients, talk, small talk, any of that, no problem. Um, Interesting. Yeah. It's very weird. So tell me, tell me, I love an origin story. I love, uh, <laughs> I really do. Tell me the story. Tell me how you wound up here. Um, so I never had interior design on my radar. Like that was nothing I ever thought to do. Um, I actually went to architecture school. Mm. And so, um, from the time I was like in seventh grade, I was like, I want to be an architect. And so that's what I did. I went to college and graduated with architecture degree. And while I was in college, um, I took a job at a firm and they had me doing finish selections for like these private medical offices. And I just had a knack for it and I never knew. And so that kind of started, um, that was like my third year of architecture school. So I went ahead and, you know, got my degree and I was working at a commercial firm and I started doing the interior design for all the commercial projects. So that, that's really how I got into the design part. But, um, I started my own business on the side in 2005 doing nurseries and kids rooms. And that's kind of how it all started. Um, I was doing work for free just to build a portfolio up on the residential side of things. And then I had my own kids and I rebranded and started doing full residential interior design. And then I quit my job in 2009 from the architecture side of things and took over interiors full-time from there. What is it about, what is it about interiors that you find more appealing, at least professionally than architecture? Um, well, I just, I like being able to, like, I like to have every project be different. So being exposed to, you know, constantly seeing new fabrics and wallpapers and getting to use color and it, it's just a different, um, it's just like a different animal. Like I, I still love doing the architecture and plans and renovations and things like that, but being able to use all the color and the fun stuff. Um, I just find I get more joy out of that. I should say, <laughs> you know, what's really interesting though. Uh, I was recently at K biz and the international builder show and I was blown away. I am amazed by what's available 
for exteriors for the, on the architecture side, on the building side, on the construction side, like I am, this is a, this is a renaissance of both interiors and exteriors. Mm-hmm. I would definitely agree with that. And I was just surprised by all of the things, you know, now you can, you can get all the candy and the jewels on the outside of, of the structures as well now, which I just think is cool. <laughs> why, um, why nurseries? Why kids rooms? Um, I guess because like a lot of my friends were having babies at the time and mm. I just thought, you know, it, you can be more playful and whimsical with a kid's room, more color. Um, and, you know, Charlotte is not known for color. Like a lot of designers, it's very neutral and it's beautiful, but it's very neutral. And that's not really my specialty. As you know, I'm like very colorful. So the kids rooms was the perfect like segue into um, interior design for me, at least. You know what? It's funny. As you say that, I, I can totally get that. It's fun. It's poppy. Um, you have you have less you have fewer rules that you have to adhere to, which is which is kind of surprising. But you can you can be more creative. But I'm also surprised that you say Charlotte um, is is not as as colorful. I guess I while I get that. Traditionally, I also mm-hmm. wonder why, because so many people are moving. I mean, your city is exploding. Yes, it's crazy. <laughs> From both coasts, like just converging on you. How has that changed your practice? Um, I feel like there's never a, a lack of work. Um, even before COVID happened, it's always a steady stream of clients. And people even from outside of Charlotte call because they like the color and they can't find somebody that does that where they live. So, um, but since COVID, it's just been just nonstop. Everybody's renovating their homes and the way the market's been, everybody's staying and they want to make it look nicer. And um, it's been great for, you know, work. Where does that put you now? Um, as far as the work, finding new clients and managing the practice, you know, we talk about the business a lot on the show and it's got to be really challenging now because, you know, at the start of the pandemic, d- many of the designers I spoke with thought, oh, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to work again. This is, I'm never going to work again. It's going to be terrible. And then all of a sudden the business just exploded. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting into this other phase where I feel like we've got this, this disparity in a recession where you've got, you know, people on the, on the higher end, on the luxury side, still just chugging away, doing all of this amazing work, but newer clients on the, on, I don't want to call it the lower end, but let's call it the entry level to interior mm-hmm. design. Maybe aren't doing as much because they're, they're concerned about where we go now. What are you finding as far as new clients versus established clients and the business itself? You know, are you finding that clients are saying, I, I still need to just, I, I just need to get this done. Yes. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's, um, what's changed as far as what they're asking you for and um, what you're doing now versus pre-pandemic? Um, it's a lot more renovating. Um, you know, as before, it was more like cosmetic changes, pop, you know, maybe, but now it's like full on, let's gut the kitchen, let's gut the bathrooms, let's 
rearrange our space to make it more functional and make it work for us better. I'm doing way more renovating than I have in years, which I I love that side of it. Um, that that would be, I'd say, the biggest change I've noticed. How about um, the the functionality of it? So you're seeing them sort of change. <laughs> Isn't it funny? The open floor plan will go down in history as one of the most ill-timed design trends of all time. I think, I think we'll get back to that a little bit, but I mean, ill-timed for sure. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't understand. Um, you know, I get the open concept and everything, but there, there's still something to me about like an older home that is charming and it has its spaces and I don't want to go in there. I can't stand when I go in and see a house that they just, blew it open and it doesn't match the architecture and it just it kills me to see that sometimes it's like just you know value the home for what it is and keep it original you know so so do you still it it sounds like you still lean in on your architecture background a little bit and and how does that inform your interiors um it's I think I look at things differently because when I walk in a house for the first time, I'm looking at it as I'm not thinking, Oh, we could put wallpaper here. We can paint this this way. I'm looking at, okay, this wall needs to come down. This, this kitchen layout is wrong. This um, bathroom is not functional. You know, I'm looking at how I can rearrange the space always, no matter what house I walk into. Um, That's just how my brain works. I'm trying to think how I can make it the best it can be. I I love that. And I'm interested too. So you have got this, what I've said over the years is, um, you know, I learned early on after doing this show that it doesn't really matter what your design style is. You know, no, no, it's not an insult too. Good designers are like, yeah, you know, it doesn't matter what I like. My style doesn't even matter when I'm talking about my client's work, but I do see with every creative that knows their stuff and, and does amazing work that there are certain through lines, call them a fingerprint, if you will, but there are through lines in their work that, that kind of identifies who they are. And even though they're, they're designing for their client, it's still kind of their own personality that's, that's imbued, that's, that's kind of like adhered to the design work. So you, I mean, you are, you are unafraid of <laughs> color and patterns. And I mean that in the absolute best way. And it's funny because I'm, I'm looking at your website and I'm looking at your portfolio as we're talking. And it's just like space after space after space. Did that start right away? And have you always been like that? I've always been like that. Um, it, I think I've been very fortunate to have clients that will take the risk. Um, they're not afraid to paint their cabinets pink or green or teal or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, I just like that statement that it makes. Um, and I don't think, I think when I started out, I didn't do it intentionally, but all the patterns that I would layer in, it's just 
what I would put together. And I didn't really look at it as, oh, I'm going to take five patterns and make them work together. It just happened to work out that way. Um, but it, it's just, it's a trademark of what I do. I like to mix the patterns. I like the bowl color and that's what clients come to me for now. Isn't that interesting that, you know, that's what they come to you for mm-hmm. at the same time though, do you, does it ever make you feel for lack of a better term typecast or that you have to, that you have to in a performative manner do for them what you did for someone else. Cause inevitably some clients will come to you and say, Oh, I like what you did there. I want that. And it's like, no, 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 you can't have that. That's right. them. This is you. We'll figure right. out what you want. And then we'll do that. Um, no, I don't feel like I'm typecast at all. Like I, and if I am, that's fine because this is what I love to do. And I don't think I'll ever get tired of doing this, this colorful aesthetic. Um, I do have clients who say, Oh, I saw this on your Instagram. I want that wallpaper. You know, I want that sink. I want this. I don't like to ever repeat the same wallpaper, fabric, anything. So every client's job is unique to that client. Um, and sometimes I hate telling people that, like, no, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to get you that same wallpaper. I'm not going to do that because, you know, my client before doesn't want somebody to have the same look they have. It's not fair to my client. So I don't ever want to do, you know, the same thing. And it's hard too, because sometimes I was, I was talking to a friend the other day who was telling me about one of, one of his clients uh, who, who said to an architect, they, they fell in, for some reason, this person just had, the client just had a, a boatload of money. And I, I think we've learned over time that having a lot of money doesn't equate to having a lot of taste necessarily. Yeah. Right. And right. they, they wanted this, um, they wanted tantamount to a, a luxury hotels suite in their own home. So if you go, if you go to, you know, like a Marriott and you see their, their penthouse suites at certain properties across the country, he, he stayed in them and loved them. And that's what he wanted in his own house, like down to the, down to the furnishings and, and to the wallpaper and to the lights. And it's like, that's what he wanted. Okay. That's exactly what you want. But at the same time, I feel like one of the true skills that amazing design talent possess is the psychological skill set, the the chops, the ninja, the psychological ninja skills to to sort of cut the you know separate the wheat from the chaff to try to figure out what the client actually wants when they say that they say they like something, but why do you like it? And maybe mm-hmm. if you can identify why you like it, then there's something else that they might actually like better. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your approach in regards to that, because I find that fascinating. Do you do you have a questionnaire? Do you have a psychological approach? Do you do you try to sort of you know how psychologists will ask a question like three different ways to figure out if their patient is lying to them or trying to figure out what they're really trying to do. Do you do that? Do you have a, do you have a way to, to sort of get to the, to the true essence of what your clients are looking for? Um, so most of the clients I have know what they want. So it's, it's usually not that difficult, but once in a while you'll have a client that thinks they know what they want and you know, you really do have to, you really have to have that. I don't really have a questionnaire that I use, but you really do have to 
pull the information from them. And then they realize, okay, well, that's not really what I wanted. Um, or they're not explaining it the right way. And that can be hard sometimes because the communication, they may use the wrong terminology. And so I have one idea, but that's not really what they had in their head. So it's really just a conversation. Everything starts with a conversation and managing expectations is a huge part of this job. Um, so you just have to ask this question, you know, what do you like about it? I have a client right now. He's like a commercial he's on the commercial side of things. So he wants the home to have all these commercial things in it. And I don't think it's a good fit because it's a residential space, obviously. And you want it to feel approachable and not like an office building. And, you know, you have to walk that fine line of making the client happy, but giving them something that's not going to look ridiculous in their home. So it's just kind of educating them a little bit too, when you have those conversations. Tell me, tell me about your, um, your discovery process finding, I mean, when it comes to art, when it comes to, uh, certainly wall coverings, um, when it comes to accessorizing your lighting, your knobs, I mean, just all of the, all of the new things that you have to find, cause that kind of speaks to it as well, right? Where if you have a client, you don't want to give them all the same thing, which means your, your process of discovery has to has to expand. And I have found, it's really interesting. I have found that to be one of the most um, challenging opportunities for designers today. And m- many will, will tell me, they're just like, Josh, I, I don't have the time to go find new product. I don't have the time to go research new things. And that has sort of put the onus on the manufacturers and the showrooms again, mm-hmm as far as trying to get the word out there, how do you manage the, the research and discovery process? Um, well, I tend market like most designers do to see all the new introductions. I mean, that's the, the main one. Um, but honestly, I am on the internet all day, every day. You know, you're, you're, you're constantly looking at all your vendors that, you're go to, that you go to for your lighting and accessories and furniture and everything else. And as they introduce new things, you just, they don't send out a mass email and say, hey, we've got something new on the website. It's up to you to go and look for these things. So, um, you know, I'm constantly sourcing tile and ordering samples just so I have everything at my disposal that I'm going to need. Um, I also rely on like my trade reps, like for fabrics and things to come when they're in town and show all the new collections and order samples. So I have those because you always want to have new stuff to use on projects. You know, that's you you get not to say that you get tired of things easily because I don't, but um it's always exciting to get new things and try them out on different projects. At the same time, do you find yourself, you know, again, I've spoken to others who kind of get in this rut where you keep working with the people you've worked with because you've always worked with them and they know how you work. You know, it's it's uncomfortable working with new people sometimes, but that's kind of the only way you can grow as, as a designer. How have you, have you managed that? And, and I, I asked the question, I dig deep on this one because look, we don't have as much room for samples as maybe we did at one point in time. Who wants shelves and shelves and boxes and boxes of samples all over the house? Nobody wants that. Um, right. At the same time, many 
most virtually no showrooms or manufacturers offer the idea of a digital lookbook um, that they promote to their designers. And, you know, I've, I've started producing these for some of my clients and I'm just, you know, on the, on the, on the uh, manufacturer side. And it's been fascinating. Have you seen a change in how samples product um, swatches are delivered to you? I would say the biggest thing I've noticed is like more of the boutique brands, like for wallpapers and things, they will send you unsolicited. They will send you packets of samples, which to me is good because I may not have found them otherwise. And then I've got this new resource, you know? Um, So I've seen a lot of that in the last year, like lots of boutique lines, stuff just shows up at the office. Um, And I I like that. Um, I don't, I probably don't go to the local showrooms as much as I should just because there's just not a lot of time. It's like when you're juggling all these projects and, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm lazy. I don't know. I just like to stay at my computer and do everything online and get things delivered. And, you know, it's just the way things are now. Um, And I'm more productive that way. So it's the best use of my time just to do it all from my computer. But, um, you know, obviously you can't buy countertops sitting at your desk. So of course I go to the showrooms and things like that, but. You are listening to my conversation with Ashley DeLapp. We'll be right back. Design Hardware's newly remodeled showroom is where you will find a gallery-style space with a thoughtful display of products, purposefully positioned to allow unbridled exploration and discovery. High-end faucets, luxury tile, natural stone, wood floors, and bespoke hardware selections are presented in a holistic manner, strategically arranged to stimulate creativity and transition your vision from the conceptual stage to a fully realized space. Conveniently located, free parking available, stop by to find your inspiration, Collect samples, get expert advice, and tackle everything on your shopping list all in one place. Visit them online at designhardware.com or in the real world, 6053 West 3rd Street in Los Angeles. The Institute of Classical Architecture and Art Southern California Chapter is a forum for professionals in the industry and enthusiasts to come together, share their love, and show their commitment to the timeless principles of beauty, proportion, and observation that are embodied in classicism. Their members include renowned architects, designers, landscape architects, builders, students, artists, and creatives from every walk of life. It's a wonderful organization designed to celebrate the unique regional identity of Southern California and help develop the careers of the like-minded. If you're interested in joining or would like to learn more about sponsorship and support for the ICAA Southern California chapter, please email me, convobydesign at outlook.com. I'm excited for what's next. I mean, between AI, machine learning, metaverse, when the metaverse and the design industry converge, and it, it will happen at some point, I don't know when, but at some point it'll happen, this idea where you'll have, you'll have haptic gloves and goggles where you can actually feel the surface of a product. You can, you can do a quasi real sit test. You mm-hmm. can, you can, you can actually, you know, handle and feel product um, from your computer or from your, your own space. I, I think that's going to be amazing. I think it's, it's well down the line, but we're certainly going there. 
it's really mm-hmm. interesting to me. What about art? Um, how do you how do you find art, and do you find art for your clients? Do you um, do you especially high end art? Do you get involved in that, or do you leave that to consultants? Um, I do get into that sometimes when the client requests it. Um, I, I like to source from like local galleries here in in Charlotte. Um, you know, there, I've got a friend in High Point that's an artist. His that's one of his pieces behind me. But um, I like to source from him when I have a need for something. I've got some uh, another friend here that's an artist. So there's lots of places to get great local art here. So I always like to go local first and support you know, local people. I love that. So I do this thing on the show um, where we kind of walk through. And by the way, I'm going to tell you right away, I am very frustrated with your website for one reason. You know why? Because you don't, you don't name your projects. Like by the street name? <laughs> no, or anything like I, I've, I love, I love um, it's, it's a, it's a pet peeve. I love when designers name their projects the same way that I get so excited when the paint companies name their paints. I don't know mm-hmm. why I love that as much as I do. It's just the coolest <laughs> thing. But for those following along, go to, uh, Ashley's website. It's ashleydelap.com. You can also, uh, find links in, uh, the show notes to her website under portfolio. I'm looking at your projects and I wanted to go through this because, um, so maybe you can help me. Uh, I'll kind of describe the project and you can tell me about it. I want to walk through some of these because there's a couple of the through lines that I had mentioned before that I absolutely love and want to drill down a little bit. A couple of top line notes, right? Okay. First of all, your your color, the way you pop that color in there is simply divine. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm the first, by the way, the first image on your portfolio page, I I'm thinking Northern lights that, that wall covering behind the bed, it feels like it's moving as I'm, as know, just is that a beautiful wallpaper. It is gorgeous, but it feels like it's moving as I'm sitting there looking at it. I'm thinking Northern lights. I'm thinking like, it's just, it's actually, there's motion to it. Um, but I, but I love that because the vignette that you created there gives this feeling of motion to, to a still image. And I just think it's spectacular. But as the next two images down, you've, you've got like, a, like an aquamarine on one side with the bar, and then you've got a fuchsia <laughs> on the other side. Both of them, what I love about it is the, the color is infused in the overall design in multiple locations, but it's also as vibrant as these colors are, they're not overwhelming. I find that to be a distinct skill. Have you always possessed that skill? I I, I think so. I mean, it, it's, I don't think it was something I had to like seek out to try and make myself do it. It just, it's what I like. And that's, you know, what I thought would look the best. And like I said, I'm just lucky that I have clients that will let me be adventurous and trust that it was going to turn out well in the end. You know, what's funny though, Ashley, I, I feel like that's not necessarily a skill that you go out and seek to learn. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things that I, I'm more curious if you, if you had to learn on the, on the job that you had to dial it back. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Because uh, because it's so it's so skillfully applied. There's one of two ways. It's it's you. I don't know that you can learn that. I I think that you know it's. I'm wondering if it's always a if it's a trial if it's a trial and error process, or if it's something that just comes natural to you. I feel like it just comes naturally because you know I I would never go in and do like a whole kitchen in those fuchsia cabinets. I mean that would be crazy. Um, but knowing where to put these little pops on bars or butler's pantries or, you know, small spaces, you know, you know, I, I know where it can handle it, where it can't. So that's, I don't know, that's just something that I thoroughly enjoy doing. It's colorful cabinetry. Like, I just love it. I, I love it, too. So the, the, the mini bar, the. Mm-hmm. Butler, it's not a, it's a mini bar. It's, but it's, it's, you've incorporated it as part of the, the overall space design, which I wanted to ask you about too. Um, this idea of a second kitchen in whatever form you choose to apply it is not new. Right. Um, but the resurgence of this is just incredible. And it's the manner in which it's taking place that I find so surprising. You know, being a native Angelino in Los Angeles, the house that I grew up in until I was like 12 or 13 was this Brady Bunch, 70s kind of hip <laughs> with, with the stone fireplace, mm-hmm. but had the built-in bar, which was kind of a, a, a remnant, a leftover of this 60s vibe right where you would walk around the bar and then you had you had the wet bar and then and it was just so cool because it added this it added this element of style to the Mm -hmm. to the process of living in the space right does that that make sense yes and then the 80s we just completely went bananas and got away from it 90s got into this whole like less is more thing i don't know who thought that was a good idea but this (laughs) But we're, we're kind of bouncing back to this concept where it's like, yeah, you know what? You can see the liquor bottles. You can accessorize with alcohol. You can, you can have this, you can create a scullery or a butler's pantry or a second kitchen or a dirty kitchen or a kosher kitchen or an outdoor kitchen. You can have as many kitchens in a home as you, as you want to. And it adds to the, to the manner in which your clients live, not just the way it looks, but the way it performs. Right. And I'm and I'm curious how you're, you know, are you just completely reveling in this and how do you apply it and how do you talk to your clients about, you know, let's put let's put a wet bar here. Let's put a scullery here. Let's add a coffee bar here. How are how are you approaching those elements to the work that aren't just necessarily and I don't mean to minimize it, but it's not just about accessorizing or wallpaper or furnishings. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I think it just depends on the client, obviously, and how they live. And if they're, you know, big entertainers and are they cooks, you know, they like to cook. Um, I've done several sculleries and and bars and, you know, this particular project that you're looking at. This was uh, this was actually like a little standalone building behind the house that was an art studio. And when my client bought the house, she wanted to convert it into her like ladies lounge slash work from home office space. So it already had the sink. Um, it was already plumb for the sink. So we just, you know, ripped out the existing cabinets and put in new. 
and this is she's a big uh, bourbon fan so we needed a nice bar and that's where this bar came from but I think people you know they they like to entertain now and and they want to have these unique places um, to display you know their alcohol and their glassware and their barware and all the all the fun stuff um, and I you know I people haven't really when I've suggested we do something like an additional space like that, I haven't gotten any pushback. So I think that I, I don't know that everybody thinks to have those spaces in their homes necessarily, you know, until they might be prompted to add them or something, but, um, and they don't have to be huge. Like any kind of small little bar space can add a lot of personality. And then of course you do some colored cabinets with it and it's just awesome. But it, it really can. Now, curious, um, do you take the same approach? Um, and what is your outdoor kitchen game like, especially in Charlotte, where you have you have weather? Um, do you do you view it the same way? Um, I've only done a couple outdoor kitchens and they're yeah, they're definitely more toned down. They're not going to be the crazy, crazy design like the like the inside. Um yeah, I haven't done a ton of those, but, you know, they're very, very, I'd say standard. I don't want to say standard, but they're standard. Why do you think that is? And, and is, and forgive me, it's, it's kind of a pedestrian question, but, you know, as a native Angelino, um, our outdoor entertaining was so much greater. Like when we had friends come over living at the beach, we we never went inside the house. The only time someone went inside the house was to use the restroom or to get something from the kitchen because everything else was outside. Then I, we moved to Tulsa where I'm working on a design house project here. And, you know, during parts of the year, you don't go outside that much. <laughs> <laughs> you, you really don't. But I've spoken to some other designers and architects down in Houston, one in particular, who air conditioned an outdoor kitchen, which I just thought was like, wow, how wow. Texas is that? That is yeah. so Texas. That is so over the top. But what's interesting is you have opportunities now because there are manufacturers that are kind of rising to the occasion and, and seeing opportunities in, in this, and it feels like this renaissance. So I'm just, I'm just curious from an entertaining standpoint, is it because people aren't in Charlotte because Outdoor Kitchen isn't a major ask or is it just not something that you do a lot? Um, I think they are popular here for sure, but I just haven't had a lot of people ask for them. I'm also looking at your bathrooms. There's one bathroom in particular that I see a couple of times with it, it, there is a there's a pink tile in the shower. And yes. and you you probably know where I'm going with this and that wallpaper is just amazing. <laughs> Tell me that. about this. Tell me about this bathroom. Okay, so um <clears throat> This client is the same one with the teal bar. And oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So in the outdoor, the outbuilding where that bar is, there's another bathroom. And 
I, when I when I show designs to a client, I always give them two options. And she couldn't choose between the two options. So we did one in the ladies lounge bathroom and one in the inside house. And the pink bathroom is inside the main house. And that was actually the cat bathroom. I kid you not, she had a litter box in the shower. And I told her when it was done that she better not put a litter box in that pink shower because that would just be horrible. (laughs) But she, um, she is like this awesome client. She, I swear her house has turned into, she calls it her Barbie dream house. Like it's so fun and so colorful and um, that pink tile I mean, the pictures are pretty, but it does not do it justice when you see it in person. It is just gorgeous. Oh my gosh. It turned out so pretty. I bet. And that, that hummingbird wallpaper is beautiful. I love that paper. It's a Harlequin paper and it has like 10 different colorways it comes in, but I love that like citron. Um, And then the birds have like a little bit of blush on their bodies. And so it pulls in the pink from that tile like perfectly. I just, I love the color together. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm talking about though, where you've, you've managed, you know, through your specification, you specified something that actually pulled the color out of the shower. And by the way, if you had that tile on that shower with, with those fixtures and had a white bathroom, it would be, (laughs) what I was going to say is it would be beautiful it would be beautiful, but it would not be layered and textured the way this one is. Right. Right. You know, and, and no I no window in this bathroom either. So there's a skylight, uh, but there's no window. So you had to make it bright. Um, and I just think that wallpaper is so much fun. I love it. It is. It is. I, I have a, I have a very, I, this is not a pedestrian question. This is more of a stupid question, but do you, are you concerned about putting wallpaper in bathrooms? No. um, As long as you have, you know, a good exhaust fan in there, you should be okay. And again, this is not going to be a bathroom that's really, the shower's not going to be used that often. It's more of a powder room for their house where it's located. So um, I wasn't worried. You know, if if it's going to be a heavily used bathroom, I might do a vinyl paper in there. So it's cleanable. Um, okay. but in this case, I wasn't worried about that. Do you, do you change the adhesive at all on, on wallpaper in a bathroom as opposed to another room? I don't know. I leave that up to my wallpaper installer. I ha- I'm not, um, they're the experts. So, you, that, so. so I, listen, I, I, I love that because, um, you know, that's one of the things that I find so interesting. I will talk to some designers who will say, oh, well, no, in that case, I'll use the X95 super adhesive over here because some designers want to know every little aspect about it. And others like you, which I think is great, you find your trades that you trust and you let them do what they do. Mm -hmm. And I find that, you know, I mean, listen, it saves you a lot of time, I would imagine, because you don't need to know everything. No, it's that's not my area of expertise. So I'll leave that up to the, the pros. So I'm going to try to describe this because I wanted to scroll a couple of images down. There's another bathroom. The cabinetry is is like a deep lime green. And there is a wallpaper that is the most vibrant, um, ornate wallpaper I've seen in a very, very long time. 
It's the it's Schumacher the dragon paper. <laughs> That's what it is. And, <laughs> and um, I love that paper, but, I but I've, and I think it's amazing because from what I can tell, you know, in the mirror, so you've, the back wall is white and it looks like there's, there's art that may be a hallway, but it's, it's clean. And you use that one accent wall with, with the mirrors and the cabinetry. I mean, it's just stunning. It's a, it oh, looks, that wall looks like a, a work of art itself. I, I agree. Like it turned out like so well. She, she initially wanted like antique mirror on that wall. And it just, when the cost came back, it wasn't in her budget. So um, I talked her into doing wallpaper and I just thought this is the perfect wall. I mean, it's just the perfect wallpaper. That is every time I see that paper, I had used the green version um, on another job and it just makes me so happy. Like the colors are so vibrant and I'm like, who wouldn't be able to wake up and have a good morning going in this bathroom to get ready every day? Like, you know, <laughs> and she she absolutely loved how it turned out. And I, I did, too. Like, it's gorgeous. Yeah, so fun. I love that. And then, OK, so the last one I want to ask you about is um, there is another teal bar. And I'm just going to call it the champagne bar because I see Voof uh, all over it. <laughs> what? Who was this for? And is this where, how did you use it? Where is it? Where is it placed? Do you know which one I'm talking about? Um, I'm trying to think which one that would be. It's got is the booth Clico and involved? sorry. Is, is there wallpaper involved? What, what? See, it's funny with you. I don't know. I would say it's marble, but it could be a wallpaper. Is it a kitchen? It's a, it's a back, it's a, it's a bar wall. So I see a lot of champagne in a mini fridge. It's a, it's a teal, teal cabinetry, lowers oh, and oh, uppers. Oh, oh. Yes, yes, yes. I know it's, that is a butler's pantry. Yeah. Okay. Bar. Yes. Okay. Yes. I know we're exactly what you're talking about. Is that wallpaper or is that marble? That's quartz. It's quartz. Okay. Mm-hmm. On the back wall. On the back wall. Okay. So you have it on the, on the countertop and then you goes up the brought wall. it up as well. Okay. Interesting. So this is a butler's pantry. What was it connected to? How was it used? So when you, this was a new construction home. So when you walk in the front door, you have your dining room on the left and then you can see the butler's pantry is open to the dining room and then it connects to the kitchen. The kitchen's white, but um, because you see it from the foyer, you know, it was a great place to have a statement like there's colorful pops around this house everywhere. And that's what the client wanted. She's like, I don't want anything I've seen on Instagram. I want something unique. You know, that's, that was her whole thing. And that's what we did. Um, but yeah, that cabinetry is so pretty. And we used, um, it used to be Addison Weeks. Now it's Modern Matter, but the hardware, and they make it here in Charlotte. Like it's a Charlotte vendor. So all the knobs are from that vendor. So it just looks like this little jewel box with this pretty jewelry of knobs on it. And it's just gorgeous. And it's, and like I said, it's like the first thing you see when you walk in the house. Okay. So I, I scrolled down and you can see that 
in another image through the dining room. Mm-hmm. So I have I have to ask about this too, because you're right. It is like a, a little jewel box mm-hmm. off the dining room. So it's off the kitchen as well. But in, in the dining room leading into this, I, I so what you've done is you've created sort of these layers of visual interest. And as you're looking at the dining room, I'm between the art on the left side, as I'm looking in the flamingos on the right, it's there's a lot going on, especially with that chandelier, with the lighting and with there's so much happening here. I, I, I love it. Do your clients, do your clients start out seeking this level of vibrancy or is it part of the process? Um, I would say most clients like this one in particular wanted to start with the vibrancy. Like it wasn't something I had to talk them into or build them up to. Um, They wanted a house that was unique. You know, they didn't want the normal, you know, so for them, it was like, okay, whatever I put in front of them, they're like, all right, let's do that. That looks good. You know, they were easy to convince. Um, I would say some people that we've done color on, they may take a little pushing. I mean, they come to you for a reason. They want to be taken out of their comfort zone a little bit. And, you know, usually they'll, they'll end up doing what I suggest, but I'm not going to do anything that they're going to hate. You know, I'm not going to, it's their house ultimately, and they have to love what we do. So, um, you know, I don't force anybody to do anything obviously, but, um, yeah, this, this house though started out with, okay, we're going to, the, the, the dining room ceiling, I don't know if you can see it or not, but it's like high gloss pink and it's not, you can't see it. Okay. So it's, Uh it's high gloss, like blush pink, but it's actually a wallpaper. It's like a vinyl wallpaper from Philip Jeffrey. So it's like gloss, 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 real shiny. Um, like it's just, there's just color everywhere. There's, there's pink sprinkled around the house. There's green sprinkled around the house. It's just, it's just so much fun. I love jobs like that. You know, it's really interesting. Um, you just reminded me of something. So years ago, I interviewed, uh, had this great conversation with a designer, Patrick Sutton. And it was at a, he did this vignette where he upholstered all of the walls in a patent leather, in this electric blue patent leather. And I thought that was amazing. But I also thought, you know, I think for, for many, if not most, that's also an unrealistic idea. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of t- taking that concept, but instead going with a, with a vinyl wallpaper, because I would imagine, and I can't see it, but I would imagine you get that same effect. You do. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. It, it looks seamless like you can't see any seams obviously but it looks like high gloss flawless paint job is what it looks like but it's not it's a vinyl wallpaper and and it's it's pink Mm -hmm. it's blush pink Mm -hmm. so it pulls it pulls from the flamingos it does and then the 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 window treatment fabric is multicolor. So it's got that J green from the Butler's pantry. It's got blush pink. It's got all these colors in there and it all just kind of ties it together. I love that. I really do. Okay. So I'm going to ask you about one more thing. See, I always do this. I say, okay, last is the last one. It's never the last one. Um, One of the things 
that I think truly amazing creatives possess as far as a skill set is I have always been a huge fan of set decorators. Mm. And, you know, Tony Duquette, you know, was a set decorator as, as well as a designer. All really talented designers, I feel like have to have some element of, of set designer in them. They really do because you're going for the theatrical, you know? So the image next to this is a closet. And well, well, I'm sure nobody actually lives this way with their closet that it was, it was staged to look this way. This is what I'm talking about. The way that a room can make you feel. I, I just want to know about your, I, your thoughts and ideas about this closet because there's, there's, you know, there's a, there's a fur coat that's, it looks like a, it looks like a blue fur coat. And then the way that the clothes are styled, it almost looks like retail. Do yes. you, is that what you're going for? Mm-hmm. So this client um, is actually a stylist in Charlotte. And so the way her bedroom was set up, she was my neighbor. So she had a walk-in closet, but then there was a space attached to the bedroom that she just kind of used as an office space. And that's the room you're seeing. So we went in and painted the walls. It's inkwell, um, really dark, dark, dark blue. And then I told her, I'm like, we should do like acrylic rods. And it's just a way to display like her, her favorite pieces of clothing. So it's not like the primary closet, but she can bring clients there and have, you know, styling sessions with them that was kind of her goal. So we wanted it to be set up like a dressing room, basically. Really I, I, I love that. And I, and I feel like, um, I, I feel like all, all closets should have an element of drama like that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I, do you know what I mean? I, I just, I feel like they should, but they don't, they don't. The, the closet is, is often the most overlooked last item. We ran out of money. So yeah. just do that. <laughs> yeah. White walls, white cabinets done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and sorry, by the way, I scrolled down a little bit back to that dining room. You can see the ceiling and that is, okay. yeah. And that is absolutely gorgeous. And again, the the only the only last thing I will say about this, which is probably not the last thing I'll say, but I, the the gloss on paint and the gloss that feel I think is something that is often overlooked, but you don't overlook that. Adding that shine to it, adding because you know, in looking at this closet, it's a dark space by design, but. Mm-hmm because of the finish on the paint, it it's bouncing light all over the place. Right. Yeah. I love that. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. And, and I, I noticed in your bio too, that, that you're a real estate stalker. Oh, is, is this a good time for a real estate stalker? Who's, who's, do you flip? Do you, is that what you, is that one of the things you do? Mm-hmm. I started flipping houses almost, it's been a year and a half ago now. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, I'd say last spring was like the best time to be doing it. And right now it's the past, like, I don't know, three months, it's been like, uh, but now things are picking back up. So it's a good time to be doing it again. But I've always been obsessed with real estate. Like 
always. Like I'm, I, I went through this period where I moved every like couple of years, I would fix up the house I was living in, sell it and do it again. Like that's what I love to do. Um, so I'm getting ready to do an addition to my house right now. So I'm like, I'm planning to stay here for a while. <laughs> that's, you know, going to be a new concept for me, but I love real estate. I love flipping houses. I love design period. So it's, it all. Does that make that you're staying a while? Does that make the family happy? Um, I have two teenage boys and I think they got a little tired of the moving, constant moving. And so when yeah. I mention it now, they're like, oh, you know, they don't want to move again. And I'm, you know, I'm not going to move again because my oldest will be in college in like three years. So no need to move. <laughs> no, it's, that's interesting. That's interesting. Listen, Ashley, I, I had so much fun today. This was absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for the time. Well, thanks for having me. I had a good time too. <laughs> We are living in a time of incredible growth, both technologically and creatively, with respect to interior design, exterior design, and architecture. There is no question. There are companies thinking differently about the business of design and how to make products super serve those for whom they're being made. One of those companies, and one of my favorites, is Moya Living, designer and fabricators of some of the most stunningly beautiful incredibly durable, and highly functional kitchen, bath, and outdoor kitchen cabinetry on the market today. Powder-coated steel with stunning lines, vibrant colors, to fit any design style or aesthetic. A history of designing cabinetry for the scientific community, so you know it's been tested in some of the truly the most harsh conditions available. Moya O'Neill is the CEO and founder of Moya Living. She's the inspiration behind the design. Designers, their specification process is so simple. It will make your job so much easier. Check them out online through the socials at Moya Living, their website, moyaliving.com, and in the real world, their live kitchen showroom in Fountain Valley, California. You hear conversations about transformative design all the time on Convo by Design. We talk about it all the time, but what does that really mean? Design improves the lives of those who inhabit the space, but it also feeds the creativity and the soul of the creative. Are you looking for a way to give back? The Oasis Alliance is a 501c3 collective of creatives based in and around the Washington, D.C. area with a mission to provide healing spaces to those who are rebuilding, rehabilitating, and recovering. Have you wondered how to apply your design skills to uplift your community? It all starts with a desire and a willingness to share your gifts. Danielle Woodhouse Johnson of the Oasis Alliance and her team are looking for guest designers, in-kind sponsors, and funding to make better the spaces and therefore the lives of everyday people who find themselves coming out of traumatic situations. Check out theoasisalliance.org for more information. Thanks for helping. Thank you, Ashley. Loved our time together. Love the work. Thank you to my partners, sponsors, and friends of the show, Thermosol, Moya Living, Design Hardware, ICAA, Southern California Chapter, and the Oasis Alliance. Thank you for taking time to subscribe and listen to the show. I appreciate you more than you know. Thank you as well for the emails with show and guest suggestions, as well as some of my favorites, which are those just to, just to say hi and tell me where you're listening to the show. And by the way, so weird. If you know anyone in North Dakota, would you please send them a link to the show? 
I have listeners in like 140 countries and every state in the union, except for North Dakota. It's really weird and it's starting to get to me. So if you know someone in North Dakota, ask them to listen to this show. Thank you. Uh, Anyway, please keep those emails coming. I love them. Thanks again for listening. And until next week, be well and take today first. (laughs) 